Hey, everybody, ready for a sermon? If you're listening in on the podcast, uh, the gospel reading for this week was from Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 30. That's the story where Jesus talks about how uh, an owner leaves uh, three servants in charge of five talents, two talents, and one talent. And what do they do with them? Uh, take a look and read it out of your bulletin or out of your Bible, and you'll be up to date on where we are. For all of the rest of us, here's this week's sermon. Is there a God? What happens to us when we die? Are we alone in the universe, or is there life out there someplace? What do you think? What if I cared and nobody else did? So those first three questions, I think those are questions that we as human beings ask a lot. They're the big questions of life, frequently leading to, to much intellectual debate. But the fourth question I asked is, is the one that I imagine maybe God looks on us and, and asks of us because God is love and created us in love and gave us the capacity to choose love and yet so often we choose cruelty and violence towards each other. And, and that's maybe not even the most common thing we do. Maybe the most common thing we do is we just don't care or listen or respect each other. And, and so God, I, I'm sure, in a much more personal, non-intellectual way, looks at all of this and says, what if I care and, and nobody else does? And what's the answer to that question? Does anybody care? I'm sure we all realize we could make a list a mile long, the proverbial mile long, of the cruelties and violences and, and just, the, just the apathy and, and, and uninvolvement uh, that is a part of human life. Um, it's a big list. But I'm pretty sure what's also true uh, is, is that you could make a list 10 miles long of, of people who do care and do love and, and are there for each other. Uh, I'm quite sure that that is a much, much longer list. But it isn't always as noticeable, and it doesn't get as much attention as that shorter list of the ways in which uh, we hurt each other. Um, one of the things that I think is, is true about the 10-mile-long list of the ways that people do care and love is that much of that is motivated by uh, religious faith and conviction, um, by religious uh, groups all around our world. Uh, but the other thing about it is there are a lot of people who aren't religious at all, and they still do kind and loving things. One of the things that I think is different, though, is that um, as valuable as those actions may be sometimes, someone does something kind and loving, if it's not connected to a community of faith, for example, a lot of times that's all there is to it. There is that action of kindness and love, and it's certainly significant in itself, but it doesn't plant seeds for something else. But when you have groups of people that do acts of kindness and love, and they have some awareness of that, that, that multiplies, and sometimes exponentially so, uh, in acts of goodness and kindness and love and sacrifice. And so there is a power in community, and there is a spread in community. There is a life in community that is unique and powerful. Let's talk about that this week. Uh, so this, this is the beginning of our uh, stewardship appeal for financial support of Unity Lutheran Church in 2024. Um, you, you all know that, that our congregation um, is an alive and dynamic one, and it costs money to run. It costs money to pay a staff. It costs money to maintain our facilities. It costs money 
uh, to share beyond ourselves with our various partners. And you are an outstanding and generous congregation at doing that. But the need never goes away. It, it, it's fresh every year. And so we would encourage you between now and December 15th to pledge financial support of some sort to our congregation. That's a pledge you're making to yourself, not to us, but it has the value of, of uh, you setting a goal and seeking to meet it in 2024. And uh, we're aiming for 300 pledges by December 15th, which would be roughly 60 to 67% of our congregation, depending on how you work the numbers. And that would be about in the middle of the range that we've had in the time I've been here, for example. We've been as low as like 48% of the membership uh, pledging and as high as 84%. The 60s are somewhere in between. Perhaps we can do better than 300 pledges by December 15th. Please consider it and do it online or with a piece of paper uh, or one of the paper forms here at church. With all that being said, <laughs> Um, I think it would be a, a, a valuable use of our time to just to reflect a little bit on how when you do financially support our congregation or, or when you give of your time or ability here, that, that it plants seeds that, that have the capacity to multiply, sometimes exponentially so. And so I actually just wanted to, to share some examples and actually name names, which is something I usually don't do. Uh, and, and when I name names, I'm going to leave 99% of you out. But I, I think it is valuable for you to see where some of your fellow members uh, contribute of themselves over time at this community of faith and the multiplier effect that that has. So uh, I'm going to start with a portion of our staff. And I'm thinking specifically of our, our music department. And I'm thinking specifically during the COVID period of time. And, and I think uh, if you listen to any of our earliest um, uh, online things, one of the things that was worst about them was the audio. It was just really tough uh, to reproduce music effectively online, especially when we were doing it live. And I think what you'll also remember is at the very beginning of COVID, one of the first stories about COVID spreading was a choir in Washington State where one or two people had it. Uh, they practiced together and then like half the choir came down with COVID. So initially, we in most churches were super careful uh, about uh, musical groups performing in any way. Faced with that challenge, what did, what did, the, what did the professional musicians at this congregation do? So I think of Molly Poofall-Brown, who directs our choirs and, and got the program that allowed her to record four-part harmonies and share that with us as anthems. It was amazing. I think of Stacy Nordmeyer leading our band and having them spread out 20 feet apart uh, in the sanctuary of Christ the King and recording songs. And we still use those songs uh, down to this very day. I think of Janet Day, who I think came into it and didn't know anything really about video editing but she figures out how to, to run videos and audio lines and, and to record uh, musicians separately and then put it all together. We continue to use those recordings in worship. I think of Lynn Key and Greg O'Connell for a lot of our Thursday night prayer services, playing for those services in their living rooms and making it work uh, in, in ways that everybody was able to appreciate. Uh, rather than, in a sense, giving up or getting worse in, in the midst of those challenges, here were people who love music, who love the membership of this congregation, um, and, and, and knew how important it was to continue to make music through all of that. And, and uh, when you give of something here, 
um, be inspired by them because they, they understood how important it was to give in that particular time. And then just some examples from within our own membership. I, I think of our properties, uh, and I think of people like David Kanan, who's the chair of that group, uh, Paul Carrolls, who got groups together to, to reshingle both of our garages this year, Jane Borse, who has repainted every single exterior door at the Christ the King campus uh, so that they are beautiful and inviting. That is a lot of work and time. I think of Colleen King who's our, our current council president, but prior to that, she had been the Christian Ed Chair, and when we came back from COVID, there just weren't enough people over at Christ the King uh, who were available to teach Sunday school. So Colleen just kept showing up week after week after week, uh, making sure that Sunday school happened there, and now she hardly ever has to teach over there because there are plenty of people to do it. Um, but, but she was going to make it happen, and she wasn't going to let it drop. Uh, what an extraordinary thing for her to do. Think of our communications tech people, uh, Pat Dulling, Ed Dominski, who's the chair right now, Dwayne Moss, Alan Krieger, a bunch of other people. Uh, when they donate materials and time to maintain our technology in both of these buildings, you know, if you compare that to what we'd be paying if we were paying outside vendors to do that, it's, it's not even a third of the cost. And, and they do it with love and they do it really well. And, and, uh, and, and so their contribution is not just in a sense a, a financial savings for us, but it's investing in, in the work we're able to do together as a congregation. And, and, and I could just keep going and going and going. But I, I think one last one that I, I really want to lift up for you is the, is the dozens, literally dozens, of medical professionals in this congregation uh, who have volunteered for the Mission of Healing in El Salvador or, to, or to, to volunteer at Bread of Healing or other free clinics in the city of Milwaukee. Um, and amongst those dozens of people, I think of Mike Gutzeit, who's led the Mission of Healing for 16 years at this point. I think of John Ostergaard, who I think ended up being the longest-serving volunteer at Bread of Healing, uh, seeing patients on at least a weekly, and, or on at least a monthly, and usually a weekly basis, year after year after year. Um, think of how many lives those dozens of people have touched um, and, and provided reassurance and, and care and better health for person after person after person. And, and if you just want to think of it in monetary terms, if they, if they were charging what they would in, in their practices, what an enormous contribution that is. And, and, and so this is, this is who we are as a congregation. Um, hundreds of people who share of their time and their capacity and ability in really specific, meaningful ways so that, that when you contribute here, it multiplies. And in fact, every once in a while, it is exponentially so as a blessing to others. Today's, today's parable from Matthew chapter 25 is about all sorts of different things. But, but mostly it's about whether, whether you will risk anything for anyone else in your life. Because the, the pair of, a talent, by the way, is a huge sum of money, what, what a laborer would have been paid for a whole year. Most people never had that much money. And the other thing that's kind of interesting is that the, is that the master or the owner in the story uh, is definitely not a God symbol because towards the end, remember when he challenges the guy who gave one talent? 
Um, he says to them, at least you should have invested it with the bankers. Well, at that point, Jewish people uh, were not allowed to charge interest. And, and so clearly, uh, it's a Gentile audience. Uh, the, ma- the master owner is not a divine figure. And, and he seems harsh. That's the accusation of the guy who buries his talent. But, but when you read the story as Jesus probably told it, actually the, the owner of all of this has great trust in the people to whom he gave the talents and, and, and uh, knows that they have the capability of living into their responsibility. And it's the one guy who buries the talent and then in a sense blames, blames the owner and says, well, I knew you were harsh, so I just buried it. And I think what Jesus is trying to say to us is, as I give you your lives, I give you, I give you my love, I give you the capacity to share that with other people. And, and then, I, then I trust you to do it. And, and you really have to go out of your way to not, not use your love at all in life. You really have to go out of your way to not only use your love, but to bury it in the ground and then blame God for somehow being the cause of, of your own spiritual malaise or whatever it might be. Um, Jesus is just saying to us, you, you can do the littlest thing. I know you can. And, and every once in a while, you will do amazing things on behalf of the kingdom of heaven. People of God. God is amazing. God's love. God trusts you. God gives you talent. God gives you responsibilities. None of us want to bury it in the ground. None of us want to blame God for our own mistakes and and failures. And so we don't. Uh, We are an alive community of grace towards each other, but passion toward the world around us. And, And we can do more than we have done in the past. May we be committed to all of that. And may we also be standing there every once in a while where the divine voice kind of wonders out loud, uh, what, what happens if I care and nobody else does? But the truth is there's a list of people 10 miles long who do care. You're, I trust, on the list. And I trust when God asks that question, God ah, settles back for a moment and, and understands the answer. What if I cared and nobody else did? God only knows. Hey, 